uh, let me kind of tell you how we how we were uh, instructed to do this. Uh, Brother Mark reached out to us close to a year ago, at least probably eight or nine months ago, and he wanted us to come and do a podcast-style discussion. And uh, so he gave us three questions to talk about. Will church attendance be back to pre-COVID numbers? Should we be alarmed at the decline of church attendance in America? And how do these things affect Itawamba Baptist Associational Churches? So we had planned on doing this meal. Typically, the IBA does the pastors and the deacons banquet in like January, but COVID was still odd, and so we decided to postpone it, and so here we are tonight, and so Thomas, Thomas Majors and I, we started the podcast about two years ago called the Ministry Marks Podcast. You can find us uh, at that right there, ministrymarks.com, and we just we just, we just, just get together and we just talk a little bit about, about topics, and it really all goes back to Mark Howard. Mark Howard gave us a suggestion probably three years ago, two and a half or three years ago. Thomas and I, he pastored in Alcorn County at the time, which is where I'm originally from. I pastored right here in Nittawamba County. And we would bounce odd topics off of each other. And then the next time I saw Mark Howard or he saw Mark Howard, we would say, Brother Mark, what do you think about? And we would share with him our odd theories on church life. And one day he said, he said, you guys ought to start a podcast. And then he said, you have some really good things to discuss, but you won't have any friends. But Thomas, the joke was on him. We had never had friends before. We never had friends, man. What's he talking about? And so that got the ball rolling, and we said, let's just try it and talk about ministry ideas. And Mark Allen was one of our faithful listeners while we were faithfully putting out podcasts. And we are so thankful that he asked us to come and just kind of share from our hearts and try to help you guys and try to help us think about what all is going on. Uh, but first, before we get into that, uh, I, I've been the pastor here since 2015, so almost six full years that I've been here at Trinity Baptist Church. And uh, Thomas, kind of update everyone on, on what your ministry role is right now. Yeah, my name is Thomas Majors. I was the pastor. I've pastored Tiplersville Baptist Church in Tippa County, Pleasant Ridge Baptist Church in Union County, and then Holly Baptist Church in Alcorn County. And currently, I'm a professor in the Biblical Studies Department at Blue Mountain College. So I've been doing that for the last year. Yeah, for the last year. Yes. And, and where did we actually meet at? Do you remember? It was at Blue Mountain College. That's right. It's at Blue Mountain College. It was the third period after chapel, and it was the first day of class. It was my first day ever on Blue Mountain College's campus, and I went to intro to psychology with Dr. Sweat, and I was sitting there trying to be the introvert that I am and hide from everyone else, and he came in. <laughs> and the first thing that he did was start talking to me, and he said, do you know your name? Uh, I was like, well, yeah, I kind of do. He said, he said well, I, he told me how old he was, and he said, do you know how old you are? And I thought, this guy's a jerk. I'm not going to like him, not one bit. And, and so the, our friendship began to grow from there. That's, that's the seed that planted the friendship, and we've been friends. Friends. That was in 2007. That's right. And so we've been friends ever since. Well, that is right. So it's just a little bit about us and how how our friendship developed, then how the podcast developed. And so we're going to jump right into our very first topic that Brother Mark wanted us to discuss tonight. It is: Will church attendance ever be back to pre-COVID numbers? All right. 
Let me, let, me, let me kind of get it started. I'm going to firmly sit on the fence whenever I answer this, and I'm going to say my answer is possibly, possibly. Will church numbers ever be back to pre-COVID numbers? Will church attendance be back to that? And my answer is possibly, and I really think it depends on individual churches. It depends on Trinity Baptist Church. It depends on Lakeland Baptist Church. It depends on First Baptist Tremont. It depends on our individual churches. So Thomas, that's kind of what I'm thinking. The answer is possibly, what are your thoughts? You'll understand, or you'll recognize that he's the optimist, and I'm really the pessimist. Uh, the glass is almost always half empty with me. I'm not sure, so sure that we're going to get back to pre-COVID numbers. I'll, we can. We can, because God can do anything. Yeah. But do I think we're going to? I don't think many churches are going to see pre-COVID numbers unless they're willing to do a lot of work. Yeah. And there's, they're going to have to get back to the fundamental the fundamentals of being a church and doing a church if they're wanting to see those pre-COVID numbers. Some of those people who were at church before probably will never come back. Some of those people who were once, once a year, once a month, they were always looking for excuses. Now they have a culturally acceptable excuse not to come back to church. And I don't think they'll ever come back to church. But I believe that I don't... There's a possibility for the church to go back to those pre-COVID numbers, but it's going to take a lot of work to get to those. Yeah. Well, now that you come over to my side of the answer, which is possibly, let me kind of tell you why I said possibly. I really feel that churches ebb and flow up, down, not really the height of a roller coaster and then the bottoming out, but churches ebb and flow. You've probably experienced that. If you do not currently attend your home church, wherever your home church is, you may go back for a homecoming or for a decoration day, and you might go back to your home church and say, man, I only recognize seven people from that church, but that church had 150 people, but I only knew seven. Churches change. A lot of times churches change when a pastor leaves. A pastor who's been at a church for five or six, eight or ten years, that pastor leaves and a new pastor comes in and just, just it's, it's not the same. And people are added and then some people leave and go somewhere else. Churches ebb and flow. There are ups, there are downs, there are changes, there are a Additions, there are subtractions, there are multiplications, and then there are even divisions within churches. And so churches kind of change. The ebb and flow is something that I can see through my almost 20 years of, of, of ministry. And I would say that for every one of our churches over the past year, it has been, it has been down here. And so if I look at it from an optimistic standpoint, I say, well, if we've been down here for the past year, the only way to go is up. And that's sure is what I hope that that's where we are headed with the ups and downs. So will churches ever be exactly the same? I, I think my answer is no. Uh, numbers can be the same but churches will never be the same. Let's just talk about a lady that we lost right here, Miss Betty Coleman. Some of y'all know Miss Betty. She was so sweet. Her, her dad was Mr. Victor Clayton, Brother Clayton. He pastored this church way back when, pastored this church, I think, for 13 years. And 
Whenever Miss Betty was here, whenever I first came, she was our, our secretary. She was such a sweet, sweet lady. But she passed away on May the 5th of last year. She didn't pass away from COVID, but she passed away during the COVID times. So one thing I noticed is we had multiple people who passed away during the COVID time. And then whenever we came back to church, well, her pew was empty. And then his pew was empty. And that person will never be here again. And so what we see is, yes, church numbers may return, but I don't believe our church will ever be the same because that dynamic of the people who made up the church, that is different and that can never be recaptured. Thomas, what are you thinking? I would, I would agree with that, that the ebb and flow of our lifestyles have changed in the last, uh, in the last year. Just think about how you have changed your eating patterns. Think about how you have changed your work schedules. Some people who used to work in an office are now working from home and they'll never go back to an office. Things have just changed in our life. And I think because of that, the ministry is changing as well. I'm, I'm an interim pastor at a church in Tippa County and that church numerous times has told me, we've been starting back Sunday school, we've been starting back uh, Wednesday night services, and every one of them has told me, everyone in the church has said, we don't want Sunday, Sunday nights back. We don't, we don't want some of these, we don't want to do some of these ministries anymore. And it's because things have changed in their life they're, they're trying to figure out everything, and they're saying that ministry must change in this church if we're going to continue. So the ebb and flow of ministry is changing because the ebb and flow of our lifestyles are changing as well. Now, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, we can debate that another time, but that I feel like that's a fact right now in our culture that because we're changing, our culture is changing, ministry and churches are changing as well. Yeah, and, and I agree with that. And I would also say that there are some things that we are individually gifted for and to do, and those things don't need to change. Let me give you a, a, an example. Uh, what I love to do, what I love to do, I love to meet people, and one of my favorite things to do is to go out knocking on doors. I love to do that. I've knocked on, on probably thousands of doors, hundreds of doors right here in Itawama County. I love doing that and love meeting people. Have you ever seen anybody come to church over knocking on the door? Maybe three over. 20 years, rarely ever. Well, why do you do it? Well, I think we're called to do it. This past year, one of the most difficult things for me was not knocking on doors. Over the past year, uh, during the COVID time, I think I stopped in three or four people's driveways because I saw them in the yard and I rolled the window down and said, I'm the pastor of Trinity Baptist. May I get out and us talk in the yard? Sure, man, get on out. But it was so odd that I didn't knock on the door. And so that's a personal aspect of my ministry that I don't want to change, even though times have kind of changed. So what are we doing with that? Well, right here at Trinity Baptist over the past year, we didn't have much outreach. We really, really, we didn't. I'm just being honest. And about two months ago, I started getting together with a small group of guys I've been pouring into. And I said, guys, we're going to do something odd, and it's going to feel weird. We're going to meet here at church, and then we're going to go out and we're going to go knocking on doors. 
You sure about that, preacher? I, I, I promise we're going to do this, and it's going to seem weird, but we've got to get back in the habit of ministering to people. And this is a couple months ago, me and a couple of guys went and prayed. We went out. Last month, me and a different couple of guys prayed, and then we went out. So far, nobody showed us the business end of a shotgun, so we did all right so far. And we're just going out and meeting people and praying with folks. And then next week, we're going to unveil it to our church. I'm going to invite anybody that wants to come and pray and then go out and find at least one person to pray with as you knock on their door. And we might not be well received. And if not, that's okay. That's okay. That right there is just fine. But some part of ministry is changing. And then personally, I think if we're going to get the numbers and attendance back, what we are used to doing, we must recommit ourselves. Me as a pastor, we as churches, we must recommit ourselves to those ideas. Thomas, anything else on that before we move on to the next question? I think when we're starting back ministries, we have to take into account how people have changed and we need to introduce those in steps. Just think about how you introduce coming back into your sanctuary after the shutdown. Think about how you, uh, even if somebody walks up to you right now and sticks their hand out to shake your hand, you, you probably pause even for a moment or if they're going to fist bump and you're going to shake hand and it's just that awkward time there that you don't know what, a lot of that is going to happen. And like what he is doing right now, he is introducing that, that outreach in small steps. He started doing so. He's asking a few others to do so. It's going to take those baby steps for us to get to some of that pre-COVID ministry. So don't be discouraged in that. Don't be discouraged in, in those times where you move forward and then you have to take two steps back. Just remember what the focus is and stay, stay focused on the real goal and make those steps as you can. Yeah. All right, Thomas, I'm going to let you start first on this second topic. Should we, we, should we be alarmed at the decline of church attendance in America? <clears throat> well, I'm going to straddle the fence on this one, okay, because I, I want to say yes and no. Yes, we should be concerned. We should be, I, I have an issue with words, okay. Yes, we should be concerned with declining attendance, but we should not be alarmed by declining attendance. It's semantics. I know it is. Uh, the reason I say no, we should not be alarmed is because God's still on the throne. Okay. I mean, so it really should not bother us because we know the world is going to get worse. We know it's going to get worse until he comes back. Uh, that's going to happen. We know that from the Bible. Uh, we should not be alarmed by the things that the, we shouldn't be shocked by the things that the world does because they don't know Jesus Christ. They have a completely different moral and ethical uh, foundation than we do uh, who study the Word of God and know the Word of God. So we shouldn't be alarmed, but we should be concerned. Yeah. We should be concerned because of the trend that is happening in America. It's, it's kind of like when th someone throws a rock into a lake Immediately where the rock goes in, there's ripples. It can be a long time before those ripples reach the other banks, but eventually they will reach the other banks. And what we see happening in other parts of the country 
And what we have seen happen in other parts of the country, I'm thinking of the Northeast and the Northwest, that happened 20 and 30 years ago is now here in the South. They had declining attendance 30 years ago, and now we in the South have declining attendance. So what really concerns me is what I see happening in other places of the, of the nation, and I see it that it's, it's kind of like Elijah. There's a little cloud on the distance, and it's beginning to grow because it's getting closer towards to us. So I'm concerned about that. Alarmed? No, because Jesus is on the throne. And he can do whatever he wants to do. He can send to Jonathan Edwards who can preach, and we might have the third great awakening in this century, in this decade. He can do that. He's sovereign. He's God. But I am concerned about what I see. Yeah, and, and I, I agree with that. Yes, I'm concerned. So let me kind of tell you how I thought this through. The question was, should we be alarmed at the decline of church attendance in America? My answer is yes, and I immediately thought of Matthew 18, 20, where the Bible says, where two or three are gathered in my name, Jesus says, there I am among them. So we understand that we don't have to be in church to have a relationship with the Lord. However, however, uh, well, the Hebrews 10, 25 reminds us not to neglect to meet together. So those verses kind of work together in my mind, and I think that we should be concerned about this. Uh, just a few weeks ago, a statistic came out, I think it was with the 10-year, uh, everything, you know, counting all the people, the census and everything, that less than 50% of Americans identify as church members, not regularly attending, but less than 50% of Americans identify as church members. And so I began to think, will that downward trend continue? So if, those, if that was asked in 2020, uh, if in the year 2030, will that downward trend continue? And I'm afraid that it will, but the Lord knows Jesus is still in control and we understand that. But I think we should be concerned about the lack of church attendance. Now, I did a very unscientific survey a few weeks ago at a pastor's conference. It was shortly after Easter, and I asked about five or six pastors who were there. I said, what were your Easter numbers? And some of those numbers ranged from 50 or 60 in attendance to one guy. Uh, his church had 642 in attendance on Easter Sunday. So this is a wide spectrum of churches, small churches, medium-sized churches, large churches, and it was the same answer with everyone I asked. They said our Easter numbers for 2021 was at about our 2019 average. Uh, typically, Easter around here at Trini, we, we would get a bump of 40, 50 people for Easter, and so everybody saw a bump, but it was only up to the number of the pre-COVID average, not the regular Easter high that it was in 2019. So that tells me a few things. That tells me that people have kind of taken a step back. Thomas kind of mentioned that earlier. At Trinity, what I've noticed is those who were very faithful, their every service, hey, some of those are still there every service. But some of those took a step back. Yeah. For those who were Sunday morning, every Sunday morning they were there, they took a step back and now they're every other Sunday. They might hit three in a row and then miss, miss one. And for those who were once a month, now they're once a quarter. And so we've seen a step back and it is going to take people realizing that their relationship with the Lord I think is, is needing 
the constant benefit of consistent church attendance is what it is going to take. As he mentioned earlier, people now have a really good excuse. So, 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 people will sometimes say, well, national trends don't matter. What's happening up in the Northeast or what's happening in Oregon and what's happening in California really doesn't matter. And, and Thomas, in my mind, I go back to something that I saw on television. I saw this on television way back when. It was when Massachusetts approved same-sex unions. That's been like like 20 years ago. It's been like two decades ago. It's been a long time ago. And I recall that it was passed up there and rainbow flags were being waved and everything was saying, oh, how great this is. And I recall a news commentator saying, just because this was passed in Massachusetts does not mean you can go to Jackson, Mississippi and marry someone of the same sex. And I thought about it so often. He was wrong. That's exactly what it meant. It exactly it just took 15, 18 years for it to come here, but that's exactly what it meant. As soon as Massachusetts approved it, it was coming right here. And what we've seen across the nation, yeah, it's taken a few years, but it is here. So I think the idea is since we know what's coming, let's look to the West Coast, let's look to the East Coast, and it will be a pocket of that right here in our area. How do we prepare for it? When we see that storm cloud coming, what do we do and how can we effectively get church attendance here, not to be like church attendance there? All right, Thomas, what else are you thinking? I have some of the statistics of what he was talking about, and that was Pew Research. They released that in March of this year, and according to that research, in 2020, 47% of Americans, of adults in the United States, belong to a church, this is Pew Research, a church, synagogue, or mosque. So you take into account of that, that's not really even... Yeah, uh, a high percentage for just Christians. They were asking about religious affiliation across the board, and it was only 47%. And it was down over 20% from 1999. So you think about that. In a period of about 21 to 22 years, they dropped the percentage of adult, U.S. adults, dropped some, somewhere around 21% over that time. And if you want to hear some other <laughs> uh, troubling statistics, 66% of all traditionalists, that's those people who were born uh, before 1946, they are religious. 58% of all people born between 46 to 64 they are baby boomers. They are religious in some sense. 50% of Generation X, those are people who were born sometime between 65 and 80. And then mine, I was born in the year of our Lord, 1982, okay? Uh, so I'm considered a millennial. 36%. 36% of all people who were born during those years of 19... Uh, 81 to 1996 are religious, are claim some type of religious affiliation. It's drastic. 
just even the drop from Generation X to Millennials, 50 to 36%. We're afraid if we don't do something to curb that tide, then this next generation, my kids, my kids, it's going to be even lower. But, but I would say this. I don't remember what preacher I heard say this, but he said something like, it's, it's getting gloriously dark out there. The darker it gets out there, the brighter the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ can shine in this world. And the more a little light can be seen, the darker it is outside. And so that's what we've got to do. We've got to shine the light for our generation and for the next generations. Yeah. Let's move on to our third topic of discussion, which is, well, how does this affect us? How does this affect Itawamba Baptist Associational Churches? The first thing that I thought through of how COVID has affected us is it really made me appreciate those who are in persecuted areas, uh, underground church. Eh, I don't think we were ever underground, even though we had to take six weeks off at services and then a couple weeks off for later on. We can't, or I can't, fully appreciate what it's like to be in China. And if you worship, you're in an underground church. I can't fully appreciate what it's like to be in a Muslim-ruled or Muslim-run country where if you are a believer, there is a possibility of, a, of death being very imminent. I don't fully understand that. But this has really helped us appreciate or helped me really appreciate those in the persecuted church. Uh, the Bible says in Romans 12, 15, uh, the second part of that verse, we weep with those who weep. As I was preaching, and Thomas, you, you left the pastorate just as COVID was really ramping up. You were about, what, three or four months into it whenever you resigned from your church to go to Blue Mountain College. I left at the end of July. At the end of July. It was, it was so tough preaching to a camera and trusting that people would one day listen or they would watch. It was so hard not being able to see people, not being able to shake hands, hug necks, talk, high five, laugh, you know, goof off with, with our friends here at church. It was so hard. And then I thought, wow, what about those people in that first century who would draw half of a fish? The other person would come up and draw the other half of a fish with her foot, and they would say, I'm a Christian, you're a Christian, but that was about it. Oh, how hard was that? And it has really made me appreciate John on the Isle of Patmos, where he didn't have anybody or anything. He had so much less than what we had. It has made me appreciate the, the persecuted church, even though I serve in a highly religious area of Itawamba County, I appreciate that, and I pray for those so much more thoroughly now. Thomas, what else are you thinking about how this affects us? <clears throat> I agree that uh, it gives us a greater understanding of the persecuted church. I think it gives us an, an idea of what those other Christians are going through, but it also should remind us that we, we have liberties now that we don't want to lose, and we have... Uh, the possibility of losing those. And we've seen, because of the pandemic, there have been some restrictions placed on churches around the country that should be very concerning to all of us. And especially, the two things that are on my mind are the Equality Act, and then also the uh, there's a challenge right now in Northwest, around Oregon, Seattle. I think it may be that... Uh, there is a challenge against a Christian uh, college receiving 
federal funding. And if that happens, if they say that that is not appropriate, that a Christian college can receive federal, federal funding, then places like Blue Mountain College and Union University and uh, other Baptist-affiliated colleges and universities and maybe even some seminaries are going to lose that funding. And it's going to be more difficult for us as Christians to provide a Christian education to our our young people. So those are very concerning. Now, we, uh, we're not persecuted right now in the United States. There are challenges. But if we ever get to that place of persecution, I think it's going to actually, uh, it could benefit. I, I'm just thinking, is it Tertullian? Yeah. It was Tertullian who said that, uh, that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Think about that. The blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Where someone is willing to suffer for their faith, there is a church that is born from that, and they are strengthened because of that. So even though we have had a very tough year, we're going to have some tough years of ministry. I believe the church coming out of the pandemic is going to be smaller, yes, but stronger than it has been in many years because a lot of those people in your church, they want to be there. They want to be there. They want to worship. They want to work. They want to do those things. It's not just because they've been doing it all those years before. The, the church is going to be stronger as we come out of this. It may not be stronger in numbers, but it's going to be stronger in determination and what we're called to do. Yeah, man, I agree with that. Uh, one of the things that I was thinking of is that we are now prepared, or our churches individually are prepared for the next thing or the next pandemic. Now, Lord willing, there will not be another pandemic. I hope two or 300 years from now, people are looking back at this time saying, aren't you glad that was the last pandemic? But we're more prepared. I didn't know that our church could function without publicly meeting, but guess what? We did. Ministry still happened. There was a discipleship that was still happening. There was evangelism that was still happening. There were things that were going on that were outside the walls of the church, and I think it kind of forced us to, to think about who we are as the bride of Christ, and then it put us into a realm uh, that we had never been in before. And so I think we're prepared for the next pandemic. If it happens in two and a half years, we'll say, hey, it's okay. We've been through this before and we will get through this one as well. So that's one thing that every church in Obama Baptist has faced during this time. The last thing that I'll mention before I give Thomas the last word is, is that I believe we have learned to trust in the Lord's provision. Let me ask you, I hope the answer is yes. Maybe no, I hope the answer is yes. Has the Lord provided for your church during this time? Yes, absolutely. I, if, if we would have asked that question in 2019, we would have all said yes, but now we fully know it. We really do know it. Like It is rock-solid evidence that the Lord has provided, and we can trust Him. No matter what comes, we can trust Him. Thomas, take us home, man. How does this affect Itawamba Baptist Association churches? I think churches and then ministries are going to change. I've been a church member, just a regular church member, for, uh, for uh, the last few months while I've been a, uh, a professor at Blue Mountain. 
and what I'm realizing that, that I should have realized before as a pastor, that I had church members who were faithful every Sunday morning at my church, and they were also faithful down the road on Sunday nights at that other church. And, and I'm, I started to realize that as I was going through. Because my church, where I was pastoring, we did some very good things at certain ministries, and the church down the road did some very good things at certain ministries, and they were they were going back and forth. So they may have been a member at my church and faithful every Sunday morning, but then the other church down the road had small groups on Sunday night, and they were going to those small groups every Sunday night, and they were faithful at those small groups. And then another church down the road may have an amazing Awana program on Wednesday nights, and they were going there faithfully every Wednesday night. I think churches need to be fluid in the sense of this. You need to figure out how you best can minister to your community and minister to your community. We are living in a changing world. Y'all know this more so than me, because at Pleasant Ridge, when I was the pastor at Pleasant Ridge, a historic church founded in 1842, they would tell me about times. I can remember getting on the wagon with my daddy, looking up at the stars as we began to leave our house to go to the church in the mornings, and then... Uh, he said, we, everybody, just everybody in our community came to this church. And when I was the pastor at Holly, we had people that would drive 30, 30 minutes, 30 miles to come to our church. And even one of the churches I last was attending with, they had people that would drive close to an hour to go to that church. Things are changing as far as where people... Are, are going to church and because we have the convenience of just getting into a vehicle and driving somewhere. How many of you drive to Tupelo to go out to eat when you have restaurants here in Itawamba County? Um, you, you understand what I'm saying. I think churches need to find where their strength is. And instead of trying to, to take that shotgun approach, Try to take that rifle approach and be very specific in the ministry and the focus and put all of their strength in certain ministries instead of a bunch. So I think that's how uh, ministry is going to change, probably for Itawamba County and for many other counties as yeah. well. Well, guys, since we have one of the professors of Blue Mountain College here tonight who has all the answers, I'll, we have time for two questions. Anybody have a question for Thomas Majors? We have time for two questions. Sierra, go ahead. Yeah, he thinks he's the better looking one, and you guys can see the truth. So, <laughs> do we ever disagree on our podcast? Yes, yes. We, that's what makes it fun is when we do disagree on something because it um, disagreements don't bother me. They just spur on more, uh, more research, more discussion, uh, the chance for him to, uh, to rub off on me, to, to strike me, and to hone me into a better person. And that's what's so great about our friendship. If you want to hear one that we uh, disagreed on, that would be the look up the woman at the well. Yeah. And in that podcast, yeah. we actually disagree, and we just kept it in there. We did, and it, it was it was fun. It was fun. The woman right. at the well was a good disagreement for us to have. Absolutely. 
One other question. We have time for one more question for the distinguished Dr. Majors. Any other questions? Seeing none, we were going to turn. What we do have one more question. Ministry Marks. Ministry Marks. Ministrymarks.com. You can find the website there and then click on the podcast link, I believe. Is that correct, Thomas? That's right. Yeah. You can go to ministrymarks.com or you can also go to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and find it there as well. It's based upon the uh, the verse from Galatians where Paul says, I bear on my body the marks of the ministry. And so uh, the stigmata, the word that is used. Yeah. Uh, and so there's marks that we bear because of ministry, but there's also marks that we are trying to reach in ministry yeah. too. So if you do look at that, let me tell you about two episodes that you'll find very interesting. Uh, one episode, we got to interview our, uh, he interviewed one of his children. Thomas is a father of three. He interviewed his oldest child, Tom Tom, and I interviewed my favorite child, Taylor. I only have one. And uh, so we interviewed our, our children about what is it like to grow up in a pastor's home. And it was so very good. It was so, it was, it was eye opening. It was eye opening. A second one, uh, uh, there, there's a high school baseball coach. He's a coach of a uh, high school and he is uh, how, how, how old is Daniel? He is uh, 40. He is one. Yeah. 40. He's going to be 40 to 41. And he has, uh, he has cancer. Uh, what stage? It's stage four cancer. Stage four cancer. We talked with Daniel uh, about, about a cancer diagnosis. That was where our podcast got traction. We would have a few views or a few listens within a day or two. And uh, what well, within that, by the weekend, we dropped it on like a Tuesday. By the weekend, I think we had a couple thousand listens. And that was where the podcast really took off was with uh, Daniel Threadgill's um, uh, interview about him being 40 years old with stage four cancer. That's tough. That's tough. And so be sure to listen to that one if you have a chance. Thank you so much. We're going to turn this night over then to – go ahead. Let me ask one more quick question sure. since you are a professor. <laughs> We're all proud supporters right there. If attendance at church is dropping, what about attendance at Blue Mountain College? Have you seen that same drop at a Christian university? <clears throat> attendance at Blue Mountain this past semester had dropped. It it always drops from the fall semester to the spr spring semester. People want to go the fall semester and then they realize, oh, there's a lot of work to this college stuff. And so they drop out by spring semester. But overall, for the whole year of 2020, there was a drop. It wasn't as significant as the administration thought it was going to be, but it was a drop. Actually, the numbers as of right now going into the 2021-2022 academic year is uh, a little bit of a concern. Good question. Any other questions? Yes. Um, are you seeing your, your students, does that translate into the church? In other words, those students that are coming on campus, online, working at getting their Christian education, is that translating uh, to the church? Okay, are you, let me have clarification on the question. Are you asking if the students who we educate, if they are going to the church. We have many degree programs. We teach at Blue Mountain College with a uh, Christian worldview. And so every one of, our, one of our professors are Christians. They have a Christian worldview. They teach their classes, whether it be business or uh, it's easy for us in the biblical studies department to have a Christian worldview and a biblical worldview. But every one of those from psychology to business, they do so. 
that many of our students uh, are in business or psychology. So they are, a lot of them are Sunday school teachers. They leave and they be, they're Sunday school teachers. They're teachers in a classroom. Uh, for our ministry students, many of our ministry students are, want to be youth ministers and they want to be missionaries or church planners. Most of our students do not want to be pastors. Hmm. Why? Because they've seen, for two reasons, I feel like, for two reasons. They love their youth ministers. Their youth ministers have poured into them, and they, they love their youth ministers, and they want to be just like their youth ministers. Two, they've seen the challenges that their own pastors have faced, and they don't want to be a part of it. They, they want to be in youth ministry, and those who feel some sense of call to the pastoral ministry are saying, I would rather plant a church than go into a traditional church, a, an established church. Because with a church plant, you have your own problems, but they're, they're, they're not problems that happened years ago that have been festering. And so that's, that's kind of where those, many of those ministry students are. That's good. We have time for one more question. One more question. Seeing no more.